When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. You know, podcast doesn't actually work if we just both stare at each other and no one starts the conversation. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's just like a stare off of like, who's going to do it? Who's going to say it? So simple to rectify. Just decide who starts. If Sean is listening to this, you can, I can hear his voice saying, why don't you have a conversation before you press record and decide who's going to welcome and start? That is the one thing we don't actually discuss because obviously we discuss what we're going to do and lots of different bits and bobs, but we don't actually ever discuss who's going to start. And we still haven't. But I think that's the mystery of our relationship. But you know what's going to happen in a minute? We'll both try and start at the same time and then it'll be awkward. We should see. We, right, next podcast, was, let's start together and see if we say it in unison. Because there are a lot of things because we've worked together for so long. And you know this, that we, suddenly someone will ask a question and we'll both answer it in exactly the same way and in the same tone. And I think that's quite odd. We say some small things that are just the same. Oh, OK. Well, welcome to the HIV podcast. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How's your week been? Week's been very good. All happy days over here. Good stuff. Well, I have something exciting. It is from News Corner, but it's not that I'm going to like tag anyone. It's just anything that's non HIV literal podcast related. I I section into News Corner. Mm. Although that makes no sense. So I'll edit that out. I have news from News Corner. Don't you edit that out? <laughs> if you don't edit out my mistakes, you can't edit out your own. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, we received a really nice email from somebody. So basically, the premise, I should explain, of me saying this is that every time you guys share this podcast with somebody, it could have a massive difference. The more people that hear it, the more people that get HIV educated, and the more people that also know that there are aspects of support out there, like a podcast, if they don't want to 
literally go mm. to a, a support group or, or access a charity or anything like that. So this email we received, they wanted to remain anonymous. That's absolutely fine. And they had said that a friend of theirs had said to them, oh, you need to listen to this podcast. They'd shared it with them. But their friend doesn't know that they're positive and had shared it with them. And it's made a really big difference. They just said how upbeat it is, helped them deal a little bit with their diagnosis and not feeling so isolated, especially because we talk about our community, our podcast community. So many people involved and everyone's so amazing. So my point today is, I've gone right around the houses, please share, please share the podcast. Even if it's just with one person today or this week or this weekend, please just tell one person, pick your favorite episode and just ask them to listen to it because you truly just don't know what that person's circumstances might be and it might massively help them. So please do that. We'd really appreciate it. Oh, it goes a long way, doesn't it, to normalise an HIV? I think so. Which is kind of the point of this, isn't it? Normalising anything has to have a sense of humour, doesn't it? So yeah, I just think that's lovely that someone shared it just saying, oh, this is funny. Have a listen to this. I really like this podcast. Not knowing that their friend is positive. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it must have been lovely for their friend to feel like that's positive. Oh, well, my friend is obviously really HIV educated. That's great. So maybe one day they will share their status with them. Who knows? Oh, it's a good starting point, isn't it? If you wanted to, to be like, oh, well, actually, excellent. Well done to whoever it was that shared it. And well, oh, how lovely to take the time to get in contact. That's a very kind thing to do. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it just, it's nice to know that sharing this is getting out to more and more and more people and is having having a positive impact. It really is. Oh, I like that. What a lovely way to start. Way for us. Normally we're talking about, you know, cats or some rubbish. What I saw Sarah's face there. She's not calling Gracie rubbish. Okay. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Do you know what? We're back in the 80s again. We said at the last end of the last episode, didn't we? It's all about Jimmy Somerville this week. But I mean, I love him. He is one of my favourite people in the whole wide world. But there is a link to HIV. So you don't think I've just gone mad. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't know what the link to HIV is. OK, so look, in the 80s, there are actually more gay singers than you first think. Yes. So you would think that they would be involved in HIV activism because that was massive at the time. That's where I'm going to with this. You're talking about openly gay. Openly gay, supporting their community, raising awareness about HIV. Uh, But when um, you look into it, very few singers who were openly gay were raising awareness around HIV. And I suppose you could say, well, they don't have to. They've got a job to do. You know, they're singers and that's fair enough. But there are other reasons too. So if you think um, that Elton John, for example, he's been very open about this in interviews because he very much supports the HIV community now. In the 80s, he was like, I didn't. And the reason I didn't was because my life was full of drink and drugs. So, you know, I've got my own personal battle to fight. So it kind of makes sense because he would be the first person I'd think about to think, well, why wasn't he doing more in the 80s to kind of raise awareness about HIV? I mean, that's true. And he didn't, I don't, wasn't he married as well? I swear he didn't come out till a bit later. So I think that took him a while. So yeah, I mean, like you're saying, people had a lot going on. They did. I mean, take Boy George, for example. I mean, his life was constantly under a microscope. There's lots of interviews of him where he is being asked about his sexuality and he's having to educate the media about that. So he's kind of got his hands full too. Frankie goes to Hollywood. We talked about them in the last episode. 
are dealing with the controversy of having their single banned. Am I right in thinking that song was actually about delay and ejaculation? Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Relax, don't, don't do it. it. Yeah. When you want to come to it? No, it doesn't. It's not yeah. that, is it? Get to it, isn't it? I'm going to look at it. I can't remember. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Yeah? Yeah. Let's have a look. But yes, yes, it was. But like with many songs, they, they're about controversial things, but we still play them on the radio. Why not? It's It's just a song. Well, exactly. But if you think that if they tried to raise awareness about HIV, it would have just been overlooked mm. because everyone's focusing on the fact that they don't conform. Um, it says, relax, don't do it when you want to go to it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Oh, relax, don't do it when you want to suck it, chew it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come, when you want to come. And then it was, it just... Chew it. Yeah, that's what it says. Don't suck it, chew it. When you want to suck it, chew it. Okay, anyway, moving on. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Well, at least we know now. Yeah. Anyway, the point of all this is look, there's one band just quietly getting on with it. And their singer is lending his support to those affected by HIV. And that singer is, of course, Jimmy Somerville and the band is Bronsky Beat. And when he left them, he formed his own band called The Communards. And he is out there raising awareness about lots and lots of stuff that affect the LGBT community, including HIV. Now, we know I love him. So you, you're, I think you might have to be my moral compass here. I might just go full on loving and you'll be like, no, bring it back. You've got to be objective. Okay. I'll reel you in. And we should point out he is not HIV positive himself, despite the media in the 80s and early 90s constantly trying to imply that he was. He isn't. But he was best friends with Mark Ashton, who we featured last week, and he was a great supporter of those living with HIV. See, the lyrics of his songs, I mean, he's very open about his sexuality and he sings about it, doesn't it? It's a small town boy, the first hit for Bonsky Beat. What a song. As soon as you say that, all you hear is the riff. And we will put a link to the YouTube video of that up because what a song. It's an amazing song. I watched the video the other day. Oh, God. It's just, it actually makes me quite cross, but huge empathy as well. So he's um, singing about moving from Scotland to London because of the stigma he felt back home around being gay. And the video is him. You probably remember it. He's in a swimming pool. He sees a diver that he likes the look of. He catches that diver's eye in the changing room. But the diver's friends notice and they chase him away and beat him up. And then he is brought home by the police, big argument with his family. And then he leaves, he gets on a train. And there's this there's this kind of image of him sitting on this train, eating a sandwich. Just, and I was just like... Oh, oh, not knowing where you're going, that. probably, just wanting to get away. Yeah. And there's like huge vulnerability about that. Yeah. And I just remember when I was younger, it completely grabbed my attention that somebody could be treated in that way and then just be so vulnerable. Should have come and stayed with me. My mum and dad would have treated him brilliantly. In the last episode, we were talking about what Sarah, would she have got involved? She was saying when she was young, if she was aware of how bad things were, the LGBT community should have got involved. And we were saying, and Sarah's mum was also like, well, what would you have done? That's what you would have done. You would have housed Jimmy Somerville. (laughs) Yes, I would have done. We'd have looked after him. So at the end of 1984, Bronsky Beat released an album. It's called The Age of Consent. And on that inner sleeve, they've listed kind of varying ages of consent for consensual gay sex around the world. So they're always kind of raising awareness. So the age of consent for men who had sex with men in the UK was 21 and it's 16 for heterosexual people. So he is quite rightly saying, why? Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be the same age of consent for everybody. 
That's so weird, isn't it? I found that bizarre. Exactly. Why isn't it the same age of consent for everyone? And why Why 21? I, I, I will never understand the logic of any of it. No. But thankfully, bands like Bonsky B are drawing this to people's attention. Uh, around the same time, they headlined Pits and Perverts concert at the Electric Ballroom in London to raise funds for the Lesbian and Gay Support the Miners campaign. And then uh, he leaves Bronson Beat. He joins the Communards in 1985. And the Communards are made up of him and Richard Coles, musician Richard Coles, who's now Reverend Richard Coles, isn't he? Wasn't he on Strictly? Oh, I don't, I don't watch Strictly. I mean, I don't, but I swear he was on it. If you know if he was on there, let us know. So the Communards released an album and it's called Red. They have just re-released this. I'm sure I saw some social media the other day to say it's being re-released. It's got two songs on there, Victims and For a Friend, both of which address people living with and dying from HIV and AIDS. For a Friend, best song ever. Are you, are you trying to, you're trying to be his best friend, aren't you? Hey. I'd love to be his best friend. We could be best friends. I think we've probably got a lot in common. Now I've said that, he's never, ever going to get in contact. But How could, old is he? I think he is very early 60s. Does he? I was more asking that as in I was trying to, because you were saying you could be best friends with him. I was trying to um, see if you knew any facts about him. So that is why I asked how old he was. Not because that has any bearing on a friendship. I was going to ask you what his favourite colour was, but I felt that you were probably less likely to know that. Ooh, I don't know. I feel it might be blue. I think that's stereo. I I think it's mauve. Mauve. Whose yeah. favourite colour is mauve? <laughs> I don't know. My favourite colour is yellow. Yeah, but that's kind of a standard colour. No, blue, green, red, yellow, mauve. <laughs> that's like saying your favourite colour is taupe or jan. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I could have just said purple, right? Yes, the standard right, colours. I'm with you. Not okay. these offshoots. I don't know. I got overexcited. Mauve. <laughs> what his favourite colour? Look, we're not having this conversation because this is how we go off track. He was born in 1961. He is 61 years old. I said early 60s. There you go. That is the basis for us to be friends. Well, I mean, I'll tag him in it. Let's see what he says, Sarah. Earlier, you said that funeral for a friend. What's it called? For a friend. For a funeral for a friend. <laughs> Sake. should be an HIV anthem and I think you're right but what other I know HIV in music but is there are there any songs that you instantly think of if you if you think about HIV is there anything close to being an HIV anthem do you think no the only thing that vaguely does is like TLC waterfalls but that's only a tiny portion is about HIV I wouldn't say it's an anthem no but this is about you know somebody who's passed away from AIDS and it's personal they were best friends so he's yeah. singing about his best friend. It's just so heartfelt. And you listen to the song or you read the lyrics, it totally encapsulates what he was going through and what other men were going through at the time. It's just heartbreaking. And the video, have you ever seen the video? Oh, no. Gosh. I don't know what it is about Jimmy Somerville. <laughs> Whenever I see him, mother him. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he will never get in contact now. But just quality. It's it's like a kind of a rawness. You just can see from from the video that he's obviously very upset about his friend. Of course, you would be. You know, they were best friends. But that really comes through quite strongly. Oh, God, my love for him is just never ending. I was going to say, it really is, isn't it? Endless love. I'm pretty sure he's terrified right now. He'll never get in contact. I wouldn't. As I said to you earlier, there's no way I'd get in contact. We're blocked. <laughs> no. Um, did you ever watch Alan Partridge? 
Oh, sometimes. Did you remember the episode where he goes back to Jed's house and Jed is like got this entire room that's just Alan Partridge memorabilia and he turns around and he's got a big Alan Partridge mask on. That's like you with Jimmy Somerville. Oh, <laughs> I didn't have any anything in my house relating to him. I bet there's a whole room in there might somewhere. Do now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. Let's go back to Jimmy Somerville. So he was an early member of ACT UP London. We've not really talked about ACT UP London before. We should do an episode on them. So they're an activist group, much as they were in America. And their website says they're united in anger and committed to direct action to end the HIV pandemic, along with the broader inequalities and injustices that perpetuate it. And he went to lots of demos. He was arrested a few times. Uh, But he also toured and performed to raise money for them. There's a song. Uh, do you remember this? He released Read My Lips as a sailor artist. Have you ever heard that song? No. Oh, God. Read my lips and they will tell you enough is enough is, is enough, enough is enough. Edit all of that out. Never. <laughs> <laughs> that became that became Act Up's anthem. And in the video, he's got an Act Up sweatshirt on. So, and, and another great way to raise awareness. And it is a banging song. Yeah, that's a great song. Anyway, look, we are going to look at For a Friend, my favourite song in the whole wide world. The reason we're going to look at it is that uh, when it was released, it got to number 28 in the charts in 1988. And the Communard's other singles had gone a lot higher. So in 1986, you've got Don't Leave Me This Way. That got to number one. So Cold the Night got to number eight the next year. Uh, Never Can Say Goodbye, number four. The album Red, it got to number four. They have, you know, huge chart success, but not so much with this song. And for him, I think that's quite hard to take. You know, this is a song that he's written about his best friend. He's dedicated it to him. And he realises it's not really receiving the airplay that their other songs have done. He knows it's a good song. All their songs are good. And he can only assume that actually, because no one will tell you to your face, perhaps the reason this song isn't doing so well is because it's not getting the airplay that the other songs got. And he can only assume that it's not getting the airplay because it's got links to HIV. So what, do we think that the radio stations felt it was controversial, even though it's literally a song for his friend? I think they do, yes. So the biggest radio station at the time is Radio 1, as Mm. we know, and they have a lot of power over which songs are played and which songs aren't. There's Top of the Pops as well, as you know. And again, the BBC are choosing which artists appear so effectively they're almost like managing the charts and we know they don't like controversy because of the uproar about Frankie goes to Hollywood and relax and I don't think what other reason is there why would they just not play this song they played all his other songs over and over well exactly so it's not like he's a new artist and they're just saying oh actually we've decided not to put you in the rotation you're making an active choice to leave that out yeah it's terrible isn't it there's an interview on YouTube which I have shared with you. And the reason I I don't normally share things before we record, because, you know, what's the point? It'd be too artificial Yeah. if we both kind of, I like to put you on the spot, basically, and surprise you. And you can't do anything about it other than leaving all my mistakes that I ask you to edit. But I did send <laughs> The only you... revenge I have, Sarah, the only revenge <laughs> open to me. But I sent you this interview. The reason is because, again, it's being objective. I can't, We all know I can't be objective about Jimmy Somerville. My love for him is so great. So the objectivity has to come from you. But I saw this interview when I was kind of wanting to learn more about this song. So I thought I'd send it to you. We can discuss it now and you can put me right if I'm too biased towards Jimmy. 
But it's an interview where he's talking, he's promoting this single. Um, it was on TV AM in 1988. And he's talking in his very quiet, he's got quite an unassuming manner, hasn't he? And very calmly talking about the issue around his uh, record. Uh, the interview starts with Anne Diamond, who was one of the presenters, and she's asking him, having established that the song is about Mark Ashton and that Mark died from AIDS. She then says, well, how did he die? She said, oh, I know he dies of AIDS. Uh, it sounds awful to ask. How did he actually die? Is it me or is that the worst question ever? Uh, yeah, no, I'd agree. I, 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 yeah, it, it wasn't, that wasn't put particularly well. It was like, if, you, if you're having to apologise for asking, don't ask. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, actually. Your answer. <laughs> you know that he died from AIDS. You want to know exactly, exactly what it was that killed him. No, I'm with you on that point. I just felt that that was, well, it's private as well. If Jimmy had said, right, so this is how he died and here's all the details, you don't know if, if he, he want, Mark Ashton wanted to share all of that or his family. So to put somebody on the spot in that respect, it's like they've already told you. So why are we asking for even more detail? Exactly. And this is a live television interview. This isn't pre-recorded. That's hard. And to his credit, I think Jimmy answers really calmly. Mm. And I think he handles it well. But yeah, way, way too intrusive. So they then talk about the money raised from the record going to the Mark Ashton Fund. So the Mark Ashton Fund was set up to support those affected by HIV to make their daily lives a little bit easier. And then Jimmy's talking, isn't he, about um, not all the money will go to the fund. So the band are donating their share of the royalties, but the record company won't. What amazing company that must have been profiting from HIV. Especially when they're just saying, just just for this one thing, we want to donate all the money. Will you do it with us? And they're like, nah. I mean, I, I mean, the 80s, they're not that different to present day, are they? Profit for people and all of that. We've sort of gone back to that thing, haven't we, where everyone's out for themselves. That's how it feels anyway. Don't get me wrong. There are obviously communities of people who are helping others. But for the majority, that's sort of how it feels. Like if you were to do a charity single, everyone would be like, nah, we're going to keep the profit. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was almost present day. Yeah. Oh, God, we've gone full circle. It's just so depressing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so then the other presenter, I've got no idea who the other presenter is. I didn't even check out his name. Okay, so the other presenter makes the observation that the communards could have picked an easier route to success if they picked less controversial subjects to sing about. Even a question. I know. How did, so that's literally what I wrote down. So the, the part I felt that Anne shouldn't have pushed on, well, how, how exactly did he die? I felt that she shouldn't have pushed on that, but the part that really incensed me, and I quote, are you committed to controversial causes? And it was like, have you even listened to this entire interview? He, this isn't, he has not picked it for controversy. Like, are you understanding what he's saying to you? Bizarre, so bizarre. It was like he just like came out of some sort of nap, wasn't it? That presenter just like, oh, okay, someone's here. I'm just going to ask inane questions that it was, I found it very bizarre. I mean, this is why Jimmy Somerville is legendary, in my opinion, because you can see by his face at being asked that question that this is not okay. It's like someone saying, oh, you know, your life, your life will be so much easier if you just threw aside your whole belief system. Have you ever thought of doing that? What a stupid question, because it's the essence of who you are. And he's standing up for the community that he's part of. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. When you sent it to me and said, I need you to watch this, we won't discuss anything else, but you need to watch this before we record the podcast. So I watched it a couple of days ago. 
had to watch it a couple of times because you're right. That's essentially what he's saying. Well, wouldn't it just be easier if you just, you know, just sort of didn't. Yeah, you like you're saying, exactly like you said, if you just changed what you believe in and the things you think are right and you just went with everyone else, uh, yeah, just do that instead. And then to also say, are you committed to controversial causes? No, I'm like committed to this cause because it affects my community. It's affected my friends. That's why I'm committed to this, not because it has anything to do with controversy. And comments like that only serve to make it more controversial. See, I mean, I don't know when they're talking about controversial causes, are they talking about being gay or HIV? I don't know. I don't suppose it matters, actually. Neither is controversial. And I think his reply is really good because, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't just walk off set because he's like, I don't see this as being controversial. They seem controversial because the communards seem to be the only people standing up and doing this. Everyone else doesn't see it as important enough. And then he says, but this is what makes us do what we do. It's what drives us forward. If we didn't do it, I don't think we'd have any inspiration to do what we do. Brilliant. What a brilliant answer. Yeah. And like you say, on live TV, to suddenly have questions like that thrown at you, to be able to deal with them in a really eloquent way without losing your temper, because that would be really easy to do. I would lose my temper. <laughs> like So would I. I just, you know, no one... Just don't think anyone has the right to question your beliefs anyway. They're your beliefs. They're what make you up as a person. But to do it on live television. Especially while you're talking about your friend who's passed away. It's so weird. Honestly, when I first watched it, I thought it was a spoof interview. But it's not. It's actually genuine. This was broadcast. But I think it kind of highlights perfectly just how difficult it was for people standing up for what media deem controversial causes. You know, they're asked questions that are completely inappropriate, extremely intrusive. And, you know, Jimmy Somerville is expected to sit there and just answer them calmly. And you, you know, these aren't controversial. They're controversial to you, but they're not controversial to me. This is what's happening to my community. We're talking about people's lives here. I'd agree. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't just me because I'm like, are you seriously asking someone or telling them really? It's not even a question. Just saying if you don't cover controversial causes, be a lot more successful what the communards were all about it's sad isn't it but we'll also um we'll share the link so that you can go and make your own decisions on how you feel yes. about that um video let us know absolutely so look thank god for jimmy somerville and the communards and we said it before so many times without people like them initiating these conversations and making people take notice then the hiv community the lgbt community they'd have been more isolated completely sidelined so mark ashton he led the way but jimmy somerville definitely carried on that mantle what amazing friends absolutely and what an amazing way to honor your friend yeah because i think after you know your best friends passed away i think it would be easy to just not give up Mm. but feel defeated i think is what i would expect and and he hasn't he hasn't done that hasn't he He kind of stepped up and thought no I'm going to carry on raising awareness. I'm going to do it for Mark. Such a cool person. He really is. And and, and it's that's our new HIV anthem. Yes, for a friend, most definitely. So there you go. I have my love for Jimmy Somerville. I think he's very courageous, actually, to stand up to for what he believes in, regardless of what people may think, controversial or not. He's doing what nobody else is doing in the 80s. Certainly no one in the music industry is doing it. Supporting ACT UP as well and promoting their cause and I think you know a lot of this or a lot of other people in the music industry probably didn't 
speak up about HIV because they were worried about how it might damage their career. And he's testimony to the fact that it didn't that didn't happen. And I hope his success continues. Still tours, still sings. Oh, we should go and so, see him. We should go and oh see Oh God, him. I'd love to go and see him. I feel like I'd have to get extra security. Yes. We <laughs> He's got a really passionate and loyal fan base. If you think I'm a fan, just go on his social media. My goodness. Would they give you a run for your money in in the passion department? Oh, I couldn't compete compete with them. And nor would I want to. So there you go. That's everything you need to know about Jimmy Somerville. Standing up for those with HIV in the 80s with his songs, during interviews, through his support of ACT UP, using his fame and his awesome voice to speak up for those who weren't being heard. And also, I like that it, it's literally directly followed on from last week. So obviously we did Mark yes. Ashton and then Jimmy Somerville was his friend, so we'd mentioned that. And so it's I feel like it's been a continuation. So are you going to keep this going? Where are we going with this now, Sarah? No, I'm done with the 80s now. I think no, we're going to do over. more present day. But you couldn't do Mark without Jimmy. You couldn't do one without the other. Oh, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Okay, amazing episode. Good work. Um, oh, I was going to put you on the spot and say, which was your favourite? Was it the Mark Ashton episode or the Jimmy Somerville? I can't choose. Fair I enough. really can't. I love that they were such good friends and they're two such awesome people. Imagine if you could hang out with them in the 80s. How cool would it have been? Oh, yeah. But imagine the force they were together for creating change. So to finish, what I need to know from you is what is your favourite Jimmy Somerville, either Bronski beat or the Communard? What is your favourite Jimmy Somerville song? You can't choose our new HIV anthem, which is for a friend. You can't choose that. Apart from that, what's your favourite Jimmy Somerville song that you feel that everyone should go and listen to? Oh, I quite like Read My Lips. It's very relevant to today. Enough is enough. Yes, it is enough. But enough of the cost of living crisis. He should re-release that. Such a good shout. Another good anthem. But this one, maybe for the, like you're saying, the cost of living crisis and the government. Yeah, the way we're heading. No, definitely. He should... Such a good artist. Isn't he? Well, perfect. I mean, last week you gave everyone the homework to watch Pride. This week it's go and listen to Enough is Enough. Um, and we'll we'll check in next week for, I don't know, Sarah's homework that she's going to give us all for next week. Oh, yes, I should. I should set weekly homework. You've got a big task on your hands because you've got to get for a friend to number one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Single-handedly trying to, you never know. Christmas is coming up. World AIDS Day is coming up. Jimmy, yes. let's talk. Let's get it to number one. Yes, Jimmy Somerville's team, won't be him, get in touch with us. You don't have to speak to me, the crazy one. Speak to Jess. She's the brains in this organisation. <laughs> oh, I think well, that's the nicest thing, thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, and then you instantly <laughs> took it back while I was thanking you. <laughs> Good, isn't it? She's the brains of the social media aspect of our charity. <laughs> Amazing. Right, on that note, I'm probably going to end the recording. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.